Yeah, it's it's pretty simple, really. We're just going to do a series on arranged marriages. It's going to be a five-week series. And so it's just all about how to acquire a wife. And yeah, I said acquire. Acquire a wife in five weeks or less. I'm just kidding. Okay, that's not what we're doing. Uh, that is not what we're doing. So we are going to do, however, a dating series. Now, this is not going to be like a how-to series, how to date. Uh, that's not what that's going to be. Um, it's just a series on, on dating. I'm going to, I'm going to elaborate it more. We're going to have five weeks. So don't jump to conclusions, please. And just hear me out on, uh, on where we're going here. And before you get too afraid, uh, you're just going to, it's just essentially like a window into sanctification through the lens of dating. Okay. This thing we call dating. All right. So we're going to unpack that. Um, so yeah, just wanted to give you some just biblical principles on on dating. It's been on my heart, you know. I'm, many of you are in relationships or thinking about relationships, you know, as I'm as I'm just talking. And so, uh, I'll get more into that in just a minute. And so, you know, but beyond that, like, why a series on dating? So what's what's my justification? I wrote out a, a few a few reasons here, just kind of as we get going. I think it's just important generally in this phase of life. Um, it's always an important issue during the, the college years, uh, early career. That's typically when people get married, uh, typically when people date. And dating and, and marriage, there are, there are great potentials for blessing in your life. Okay, just The scriptures are re- really clear about that in terms of marriage. But in the dating culture that we live in, there's incredible potential for just destruction and devastation and dishonoring the Lord and your fellow church members in that. And so I want to try to address some of, that, some of those things. And um, like I said, many of you I know are considering dating or are in it or just kind of came out of it, got married. Um, and so I want to at least at least touch on this. And it the the Christian culture doesn't really help us here because there's so many opinions right on dating. How many of you have gone to a bookstore and you're like, I'd like to check, I'd like to check out a book on this. And you're like, whoa, everybody's given their their two cents here on, on what's going on. So. You've got the right way, you know, you got dating, courting, dorting. Yeah, I don't know what that is. I don't I actually haven't even heard anybody say that. So uh or in my view, arranged marriages. I mean I think it's just really simple. You know, I used to I used to not think so, but then I had a daughter and I thought, you know what? This is pretty good. You know, this is a pretty good method. So anyway. There's but the culture's not helping us, alright? So I think what happens is in the dating realm, if we just use the typical titles for a minute, dating and courting, um, I think in the dating realm, the, kind of the, the tendency is to fall off the wagon on the worldliness side, right? And so a lot of the things from the world kind of creep into the way we think about dating, and we don't recognize it. And so we just sort of adopt some of those worldly philosophies that Christ actually commands us to tear down and replace with truth. And so our dating practices are often reveal our a worldly worldly thinking. But then on the flip side... On the courtship side, it's um, obviously both models can do it well, I think. But on the courtship side, you've got guys who it's almost like the fault on that side is they go beyond what Scripture commands. So we might call that being extra biblical. And so it's it's in my in my experience with courtship, um, I almost viewed it as an equation like this plus this equals this and the, the equals this is marriage. And so if you do it right, if you do, if you do these things in a row, then it will equal 
we will equal marriage. And that's just not, I don't think that's a, a biblical way to think. I think there's, there's a lot of good things about courtship, um, and dating for that matter. And so we're just going to explore that. And, uh, but I think you can fall off the wagon on, on two sides there. And so there's a tremendous need for just biblical clarity that's going to lead to, um, to confidence whenever you guys date or in your dating relationships. And what I want to try to do is just provide clarity without falling off the wagon on either either side there. And so um, I don't want to add anything additional to Scripture, but yet I want to unpack the biblical principles that I think are, are really relevant to dating. And often in my experience when I talk with people your age like you, there's often not been a lot of atten- like intentional thought given to the dating process. And... Uh, you know, I, I might talk to somebody and say, how's your, how's your relationship? Well, we're good. We've set up boundaries. It's like, that's good. You know, there's a lot more to it than just setting up boundaries or, or there's a lot of truth under the surface that we need to just really unpack and, and apply here. So what I want us to do is just kind of, the reason I'm doing five weeks is to give us a, an extended approach to thinking about the different, the different topics that, and the things you're going to run into in this dating realm. And if I can, if I can do it, I'm actually going to do it in four weeks and then we're going to have a fifth week where I'm going to interview Rich Brown who has married off all of his kids except one. So uh, I think he's got a little more experience in this domain than I do. So I tried to twist his arm to teach the dating series, but he wouldn't let me. So I realize not all of you are dating. Um, some of you may not even be interested in dating right now, and that's okay. Five weeks you will. I'm just kidding. <laughs> Just kidding. That, if you know me at all, you know that is not that is not what I advocate. But before you guys tune me out, I just want you to know that this series, I think, is going to be extremely helpful for everybody in, in Boundless, no matter where you're at. Um, so let me just unpack that. For singles who are not dating at all, but they desire marriage, if you're in that category, um, it's obvious. You know, We want you to put in your minds the biblical principles that's going to help you navigate this season well. To the glory of God. Um, we want to see God glorified. That's our heartbeat. We want to see God glorified in this process. And because when he is, you're going to receive the most benefit from that. It's best for you. Um, and it's your joy and your growth is going to be just on display there. So that's, that's what we want for you. And we also want you to be able to identify worldly philosophies or the extra biblical philosophies that kind of crept into your mind. And be able to sort of identify those and just say, okay, if, if we are going to do the extra biblical stuff, I know it's extra biblical and I'm not putting that on everybody else. Um, but we definitely want to tear down those worldly philosophies um, and, and build it up with Christ. So for those in that category, that's obvious. How about for those who des- who don't desire marriage, the singles who don't? Maybe that's I would articulate that is the gift of singleness, according to 1 Corinthians 7. That means that you're gifted and that's not... A deep craving for you, and and but it's not so you can just go live however you want. It's so you can live in a singularly focused life, uh, glorifying Christ. There's a lot more mobility, and there's a lot of things to a single life that is just more conducive to uh, a kind of a radical type ministry. And so uh, we could talk about that if we had time. If we had another five weeks, we could do one on singleness. But um, I'm going to put that on the back burner for now. But for those of you who are single. And you don't desire a relationship, or how about those who are married and have kind of already run the dating gauntlet, if you will, uh, myself included. Well, I think you need to listen in 
because you still have a role in discipling people who are in the process of dating or want to date. And so we need to help each other navigate this potentially hazardous process in a way that does honor Christ. And to do that, we need to know the biblical principles that kind of come to bear um, in that. And so especially the mentors here, the, those that are married and kind of know what marriage is like, I mean, that is, that's super important for people who are in this dating process, to just come alongside them and let them ask you questions, and then also you pursue them in helping them think through um, and evaluate their relationship. And um, and so that I think, you know, singles who don't desire marriage, married couples, uh, this is still going to be really important for you. And then obviously, again, those singles that are in a relationship, in a, some sort of exclusive dating relationship or engagement, it's really important. Uh, what I want to provide you with is a, sort of a grid of thinking, um, either things to shore up as you're, as you're in this process or uh, to commend you in this process if you're doing things well um, and, and to the honor of Christ. And then maybe, you know, just I, I'm just encouraging you to be honest before the word of God and let God speak to you and apply these principles to your particular situation. And so there's no really one size fits all in terms of how we apply every text. So come talk to us. We want to we want to help you in that if you're in the midst of a, of a dating relationship and not sure what you should do. So I can't think of any more categories of people. I think that we pretty much covered them all. So I think this series would be uh, relevant to everybody. So it's kind of hard to turn my pages with one hand, but I'm working on it. Um, yes, let's make sure it didn't go backwards. So the format of the series, the way we're going to do it is uh, yeah, there's going to be four sessions or five really counting the Q&A. And in every session, I'm just it's going to be around sort of a particular topic. And I'm going to ask some questions of that topic. And so um, this week is just an introduction to dating. So I'm just, I picked, that was an easy way for me to pick the most relevant questions I wanted to ask and put it up front. Um, So we're going to do an introduction to what I'm calling dating. And then we're going to get into things like um, just what are the, what should be the goals in our dating relationships? Uh, What should, how how should we prepare to date and to get married? Um, What should that look like? What's the process look like that's healthy, um, you know, from friendship all the way to marriage? Uh, how do we think about that? And so I just want to get these things out in front of you so we can talk about them. And then anything I don't cover or I mess up on, Rich is going to clean up for me in uh, week five. So so as we get we get started, you know, you're, you're probably thinking about my title, I'm a dating guy. You know, I, I kind of am in, in that camp. Well, um. Like I said before, I'm an arranged marriage guy, but uh, no, I'm just using dating, honestly, because a little bit of my backstory is I didn't do it right uh, before Christ, definitely, and then in Christ, I pendulumed from, I was worldly in my approach, and I pendulumed all the way over to being real extra biblical in courtship, and then the Lord just in his providence helped me settle out a little bit with Mary. <laughs> so Mary's like, he's still pretty radical, but uh, so... I'm not saying that because I'm saying like, oh, look, I've tested all the waters here. But I do have, <laughs> I do have unfortunate experience in both those camps um, that the Lord used to shape the way I think. Now, I, I'm using the word dating just because I'm familiar with it, okay? And it just, I think it's the most common uh, in our group, at least. If courtship was more common, I would use that. Uh, but I'm just using the word dating as kind of shorthand. So I don't have to say going from singleness to marriage in a way that honors Christ every time. Okay? You with me? You tracking? All right, just lay in, lay in the foundation. 
So my first question I want to I want to open us up with, or obviously it's an introduction to dating, is what does the Bible say about the dating phase? What does the Bible say about the dating phase? Now that's a, a really good initial question for us to ask, because that should be our first question when we consider anything, right? What do the scriptures say about topic X that we're trying to think through? Um, not what does Joe think or my professor think, whatever. What does scripture think? And now definitely people can help us um, get to that, but we always want to be looking at, at scripture first. So what's God's mind about this issue? Um, how does God's word come to bear on this phase we're calling dating, getting from singleness to marriage? You ready for this? Not much. Okay, not much. So next question. I'm just kidding. Uh, it does not say a whole lot. So I, first thing I'd, I'd answer, the way I'd answer that question is the Bible doesn't explicitly command any particular method. If it did, I would teach it. Okay? Uh, the Bible doesn't ex- explicitly command any particular dating method for us. Um, especially as New Covenant believers. Okay? So that's an important distinction. We're in the New Covenant. We have the Spirit of God. If we're genuine, regenerate believers, and the Spirit of God is going to guide us to want to please Christ in, in every area, um, including dating. So uh, we're not explicitly given a, a command, but that doesn't mean that methods aren't described in Scripture, okay? We certainly have several to choose from, if you, uh, if you want to go that route. Some of you are laughing. It's probably know where I'm going. I wouldn't suggest going the methodology route of just the described methods in Scripture. Uh, for instance, you could go with Adam's method. Lord could put you to sleep, cut you open, create a wife, and bring her to you. And then you could name her. <laughs> Not suggested, okay? Uh, that's probably a one, one, one and done. Although not described, you could go with Adam's kids' methods. That's implied in Scripture, okay? Implied in Scripture. Again, not recommended today. Thankful. Yeah, if that just if that just flew over your head, just think about it for a little while, and then you'll figure it out. You could go with Isaac's method, okay? Isaac's method. You ever thought about this one? All right, I'm going to contextualize it, all right, since we're not in the ancient Mesopotamia anymore. It's going to go like this. Your dad could send his employee back to your hometown by a well, or in this case, a, a gas station, and your the dad's employee could ask, could pray, and ask for a girl to come out and and uh, fill up his car. And the first girl that does that, he's going to snag her and uh, bring her back to you without even seeing her. Uh, and then if you're the, if you're the lady in this equation, <laughs> you're just a gas attendant, right? You just go out and then you get whisked off, and then a week later you're married. So, uh, again, not not ideal. Was uh, was good for Isaac, and that worked that worked out well under the old covenant with uh, with Abraham. Samson's method. Yeah, not good. <laughs> Contextualizing it again. You ready? Mom, Dad, go get me that woman. It's kind of the way it worked there. Uh, didn't work out well for Samson. Um, anyway, there's a few more, but I'm not going to go into them. It's just kind of silly. I'm being, I'm, I am being silly. If we studied all those passages in Scripture, especially Isaac, uh, we could unpack that and we could show you how what the Lord was doing and all that. But 
It's being funny. So there's no method, right, that's, that is explicitly commanded for us. Like, go do it this way. Um, a lot of things are described, and we can glean from those, but uh, in terms of method, there isn't one. But don't panic, because the Bible does promise to instruct us to live wisely in every phase of life. Minus the dating phase. Nope. Including the dating phase, okay? The Bible, um, it, it does promise to, to give us clarity so that we can obey God in every phase of life. And that there's not like an excluded phase, right? It, it's all applies, including this phase we're calling dating. And so what we, we looked at that a lot over the summer. For those of you who weren't here, we, we studied the, the doctrine of, of Bible, the scriptures called bibliology. And one of the things we studied was sufficiency of scripture. When the scriptures claim that they're sufficient, that's what, that's what we're saying is that, okay, the Bible is able to help us in every phase with every issue of life and to, to grow us into Christ likeness, including this phase we're calling dating. So just a few texts I want to remind you guys of that we've, that we've looked at before that, that claim this. Peter's writing to the churches and he says, his divine power has granted to us all things that pertain to life and godliness. So, in other words, God's given to us, he's grant, graciously given to us in his revelation everything that we need for life to know God and to grow in godliness, okay? Everything we need for life and godliness. So there's, no, there's nothing that's excluded um, from that. Again, you know, another, just another familiar text uh, in 2 Timothy 3, he says, all scripture, this is Paul, all scripture is breathed out by God and is profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete. Complete. In dating? Yeah. Complete. Equipped for every good work. So, even though the Bible doesn't give us a method, the Bible does claim to be um, sufficient. It can grow us and guide us in all stages of life, uh, including the dating stage. But that kind of raises a, a second, a kind of a, a follow-up question to our question here. Let's see if I... No. I don't have it up here. How is, how is it sufficient when it doesn't command a particular process? Okay? So how, how can we say that this is sufficient? Um... Well, it's obvious, I think it's pretty obvious to us, is through, through biblical principles and wisdom that will guide us, okay? Through biblical principles and wisdom that will, that will be applied to the process of dating. And so, just, I want to give you guys a few examples, it's not going to be ex- extensive, because this is what the whole series is about, is about, really. Um, so do everything for the glory of God, right? First Corinthians. Apply that to dating. Date for the glory of God, right? Make sense? Uh, renew your minds, right? Paul commands us in Romans 12 to renew our minds, which implies that we've been influenced by worldliness, including the, the philosophy of dating. In other words, just as we come to know God, as we learn his ways, as we learn to please him, uh, we're going to be equipped to navigate dating in a way that honors him. And so as we, as we come to know the mind of God, the will of God, and, and what it means to please God, we're going to sort of naturally know, okay, yeah, this is good, this is not, during this phase without having to be given a step-by-step procedure uh, to do it. Um, and that leads me to my third statement that I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say here. Uh, the Bible's silence on dating 
is itself instructive to us. Okay? The Bible's silence on dating, but not on marriage or singleness. Okay, that's an important caveat there. The Bible's silence on dating, but not singleness or marriage, is itself instructive to us. Now, what do I mean by that? Okay, what do I mean by by Bible silence? What do you think? Just shout it out. What do you think that means? I'm just curious to hear what you think. Good. Yep, we shouldn't be dogmatic about one specific way to do it. Anything else? All right. I'll give you some fodder. Oh, back here. Okay. Yeah, so his, his, I think the point that you're making, you can correct me if I'm wrong, is just that sometimes there's just cultural ways of doing things that are just sort of accepted in that, that particular culture and you just kind of follow those. Um, as long as they're not contrary to scripture or bring, or dishonoring God. Yeah. I think that could, that could be applied. Some cultures, they arrange it. Some cultures, it's dating. Some cultures, it's courting. You know, I think that's helpful. What we've got to be really careful is that lots of times some way, worldliness is informing some of those methodologies. And so we've got to really, uh, be discerning about that. So, but that's a good point. So I'll just, I'll give you guys a, a few, a few implications here off of, off of this point. Um, there's really, according to scripture, only two categories. When we think about this topic, it's single and married. Okay. Single and married. And you could, if you want to get splice it up, betrothed and married. Okay. So the word betrothal is in there too, but for our purposes, single and married, um, and instructions are given to both of those categories. I want you to notice something, okay? This is probably a little pedantic, but hang with me. I want you to see what Paul says in some of these just, I'm going to give you a smattering of texts here. And what he doesn't say. A wife is bound, he's talking about uh, widows, he's giving instructions to widows in this context in 1 Corinthians. A wife is bound to her husband as long as he lives, but if her husband dies, she is free to be married. It's probably not what I would say. Free to date. Right? That's what I would say. It's like, if it's just without thinking. But Paul just says, she's free to be married. So she lose her husband. She's a widow. She's single. Back in the single state. She's free to be married to whomever she wishes. Only in the Lord. Again, no dating phase described by Paul here. It's just single to marriage. Again, First Timothy 5.14, another context with younger single widows. I would have the younger widows date. Uh, no, he says, I would have the younger widows marry, marry, bear children, manage their households, and give the adversary no occasion for slander. And if we go way back to Proverbs, um, he who finds a girlfriend, nope, that category does not exist in Scripture. He who finds a wife finds a good thing and obtains favor from the Lord. So again, this is more by way of contrast to our lingo and language the way we think. The scriptures only have two, these two categories, single and married. Now I'm not saying we shouldn't have a process. Okay. That's not, that's not what I'm saying. But I just, I want to lay that out first. Uh, there's these, there's two categories and the Lord tells us a lot about singleness. He unpacks that. First Corinthians seven is one of the major texts there, but there's a lot that's said about singleness. There's a lot that's talked about with marriage, 
a lot of, he tells us why he created marriage. He provides roles for the husbands and wives. He gives clear commands and promises and warnings that relate to those roles. See where I'm going? The Lord's not left us without a guide in, in the category of marriage. And so, some implications. Number one, this implies we shouldn't create a third category of dating. In our, in our minds and the way we think, like a, like a, a category on equal standing with single and married. Does it make sense? Not wrong to call it dating, not wrong to say we're dating, but just be careful, okay? This, this is not another category in scripture. It's fine to recognize that something different is happening. You know, you're not just friends anymore. Uh, you're, it's, it's something more. We'll talk about that. We'll flesh that out. But it's important to realize in God's eyes that you're still single. That hasn't changed. Your status has not changed. And it's tempting to, um, in a dating relationship, to kind of play marriage, uh, to reach for some of those, those gifts that are reserved for marriage and can be enjoyed in marriage. We want to reach out for those. We kind of think, I, can, I should be experiencing some of those now. Um, I'm sort of testing those things out. And that's not, that's not according to Scripture. So we'll talk about how to navigate some of those things later on because as you do relate to each other, you start opening up more. There's emotional intimacies built. And we'll, we'll talk about that and just how to do that in a way that honors the Lord. Um, but just, I want to be clear on the front end. You don't stop being single until you're married, according to the Bible. Um there's no, there's no category. Another implication here, coming right off of, of, but the Bible's silence on marriage. The purpose of dating is to test companionship for marriage. Okay? The purpose of dating then is to test companionship for marriage. Now we're gonna flesh that out more next week. But I just wanna give you a teaser here. Since there's no explicit category of dating biblically, that implies that, that whatever we're doing for the explicit purpose, uh, or that whatever we're doing in this process is for the explicit purpose of trying to see if marriage to this person is a wise decision. Does that make sense? So, in other words, we're sort of putting marriage is the goal and we're working backwards from that. And so dating is like, or whatever we're calling it, is the on-ramp to marriage. And so... I just want to challenge you. I think when I was an unbeliever, I grew up in the church, and so I professed Christ. But one thing I thought was like, when I just get to this age, that's what I'm supposed to do. You know, like it's sort of a right that I have because I'm an adolescent. I have hormones, and I like girls now. And so we should start like, I should start flirting with them and doing these kinds of things. It's just like what all my peers were doing, and we started dating, and and so we just sort of think like, well, I just I date because it's what it's what people my age are supposed to do. I'm in college, I'm in a Christian college. Sheesh, you know, it's right for the pickings or whatever they say. Uh, not not really, but uh, so anyway, d- dating just because that's what people do my age. Uh, I would say no. You got to you got to evaluate that. If you're dating just to have fun, just to have fun, you know, like hey, I'm gonna be I'm gonna get a boyfriend or girlfriend so that we can. Do cool things together and have fun together and create experiences together. And, but we're not really thinking about marriage. Oh, that's serious stuff. Like we're just, we're just having fun. And out fun is definitely part of the, the friendship building experience. Like, and I'm gonna, we'll talk about that. I'm not saying you gotta be Puritan or prudish about this, okay? Even though I love the Puritans. Um, by the way, at a fall party, if I'm ever a judge of a pumpkin, which I was last night, if anybody carves a Puritan or a reformer, you're gonna, 
you're going to get my vote. Okay, just a side note. Nobody did last night, so just just log that away. All right, dating just to have fun. Fun's not bad, but it's got to have marriage as the lens through which we're looking at this. Uh, lots of times I talk to people and they just, when we get down to it, they just, they're dating because it makes them feel better about themselves. Um, they're insecure. Uh, they, they're not, uh, they don't have a, a dynamic relationship with Christ. And so they're trying to, they're idolizing relationships and, and really it's selfish when we boil it down, but, but people are dating so they feel better about themselves. It's, it's nice to come into the church and have somebody on my arm and all those things. Like it's, those are, but those are selfish sort of purposes to date. Um, if you're dating to experience uh, a, a higher level of, of shared intimacy, be really careful. Uh, be really careful about that. And if that's the exclusive purpose for why you're dating and it doesn't have marriage in view or a commitment that's building toward marriage, um, that's, that's, that's not good. The Lord's not pleased by that. Um, again, just if you're dating because you're lonely, uh, I get loneliness. It's hard. Uh, it's challenging. It forces us to believe things in Scripture. Just, it's just on the page, right? The Lord is with you, and it's like, oh, but yeah, but not in the same way as a as a guy or a girl. It's like, oh, but He is. So that's a superficial view of of the Lord's presence with you, and so we need to work that out. And uh, so, don't date because you're lonely. Don't date because you want to kind of get some benefits of marriage. Don't date to feel better about yourself. Don't date just just to have fun, and don't date just because you're supposed to. All right. We need to have if since there's only two categories in scripture, single and married. If you want to be if you want to date, dating is the the on ramp to marriage. Make sense. So I'm just hammering that home. I think I'm preaching to the choir here, but I, I just want to make sure that we we're clear on that. And one kind of final implica- implication here is we should give significant thought to marriage and to preparing for it before we date, right? We should give significant thought to where we're going in the dating process, which is marriage, before we start the process. Now, this is probably one of the most overlooked aspects of dating in in the Christian culture environment that that we're going to talk about. So I'm going to spend an entire week two weeks from now on this one topic about how to prepare well. Um, and so I just want to ask you, if you're dating now, or you're thinking, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm ready. Uh, I want to I date, man, if the Lord just bring the right girl, the girl just say yes, you know, or vice versa, Lord bring the right, the right guy. Uh, I'm ready to go now. Let's let me ask you a few questions here. Do you know the most significant biblical passages that talk about marriage? Could you name them to me, Chap- like the, the book and the chapter? Do you know what the content of those passages say about marriage? Um, can you articulate the purpose of marriage according to Scripture, what God's already said? Uh, why God created marriage in the first place, what it's for? Could you articulate to somebody from Scripture what a husband's role is in marriage and how that would apply specifically in your case? Guys, do you know the specific commands that the Lord will now hold you accountable for once you enter into a marriage relationship? Do you know the way that those commands are worked out? Would you have a plan for how you're going to fulfill those commands in marriage? Now, let's flip it. For the, for the lady, do you, 
could you articulate the a role of a wife and husbands too, or guys too for that matter? Could you articulate the role, biblical role of a wife according to Scripture? Do you know those passages? Um, do you know the specific commands that the Lord is going to hold you accountable for, ladies, whenever you get married, and how to practically work those those angles out? Not imperfection, but just do you have a roadmap? Do you know what it's about? And so, you know, I would just say that because the scripture is silent on this issue of dating, meaning it, it, marriage is the, is the only destination for this thing, if, if we're not considering what marriage is and we're not considering the roles in marriage and what God's going to call us to and how that works according to the scripture, then we really don't have any business dating, right? It's, it's irresponsible. Um, to date someone or or to just really not not know those answers or at least not be progressing in those answers. And so uh, we're going to hit this topic again in, in, in two weeks. We're going to talk about preparation. And I'm going to emphasize in that one of the biblical principles that's so important is that what we see in Scripture is anytime there's an, there's an increase in spiritual responsibility, it's always consistent with the character of the person that's giving that, given that responsibility. Does that make sense? So like you don't appoint an elder until there's been significant time and testing has gone by before, you know, hands are laid on him. Why? Because they want to make sure that the character is there to be able to bear the, the weight of that responsibility. And so, true or false, when you become a husband or a wife, your spiritual responsibility increases. True, right? So you take a responsibility that you didn't have before. There are new commands that are applied to you that weren't there before. And so to just give that to somebody because they want to be married from a pastoral perspective is very irresponsible of me, you know, and, and if I'm going to bless the wedding and do the wedding or whatever it is. So I want to make sure that that Christian character is being cultivated um, in these areas that's going to yield a, a marriage that's pleasing to Christ. Is that clear? Does that make sense? Now, I'm not talking about you got to start talking about marriage on the first day. We're going to work this out. OK, you know, there's we should be friends in the body of Christ between the sexes. Right. Uh, that's that should that should be how it works. Um, side note, when I first came to Boundless, Jordan, remember this guys and girls sat on opposite sides of the of the uh, class. It was much smaller than this, but it was it was like a dividing line between between the two. So. Under Nate's discipleship, and he just taught us how to be friends and relate to one another in Christ, and then people got married. You know, it's like, whoa, look at that! How did that work? And he didn't even have to do a dating series. He just, you know, he just taught us disciple us. So I'm not that skilled, so I've got to do a dating series. You know, we've got to talk about it. So anyway, I'm just trying to give you some implications. Does that make sense out of out of the Bible silence on dating and how that's important, instructive for us? Is that is that is this making sense or not? Give me a relate to me here. Okay, thumbs up. We got it. Okay. So I'm gonna just kind of wrap it up here with with one more question. So if dating is not in scripture and there's no process, how are we defining it? How should how should we go about kind of getting at a definition of of dating. Well, I, I snuck it in in my subtitle, uh, and that's the the definition that I'm gonna I'm gonna be working off of <clears throat> for the rest of this series. And as I counsel and disciple you guys, uh, I would call dating the process of going from singleness to marriage 
in a way that honors Christ. Okay? The process of going from singleness, the state of singleness, or we could say friendship, if you want to, I think that's helpful too. <laughs> friendship, a biblical friendship, to, um, to marriage in a way that brings Christ glory and honor, in a way the unbelieving world says, wow, look at the way they treat each other. Wow, look at how love is applied. Wow, look at how selflessness is applied. And so if you want to put it really simply, uh, the series isn't that hard. It, 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 we could boil it down to this. If you want a dating relationship that, that honors Christ, be a zealous Christian, right? Be a zealous Christian. Because if you're if you're seeking to glorify and honor Christ in every area of your life, it's going to apply to the area of dating. And you're going to submit things to the Lord that maybe you want, maybe that are, that are promised to you in marriage. You're going to submit that for his honor, his sake, to Christ and trust in, trust in him. So if you want to boil it down, really this series is just an exploration of how we, how we grow in Christ and, um, and uh, through this dating process. And so uh, that's, I'm going to wrap it up there for today. Um, if you have any follow-up questions, feel free to grab me either after this. I'm ending about five minutes early or um, after the main service over there. Uh, a lot of your questions probably will get answered as you kind of stick with the process. Um, but don't don't let that discourage you from coming up and asking follow-ups from the, the particular lessons that we're, that we're in. Um, next week, we're going to – I don't know what I'm going to call this lesson just yet, but uh, we're going to talk about the goals of dating – what should our goals be when we approach approach a dating relationship? Um, or we could talk about motivations in dating. We're going to really explore explore that a little bit more. And so um, hopefully I'll see you back there. And don't be – take notes, but don't be um, sort of anxious to, to write everything down because I'm, I'm compiling a document, not just of these lessons, but of, of – additional resources and articles and things that I found that are really helpful. And I'm just going to turn that into a PDF at the end of this and put it on the website and make it available for download if you want to get to it and, and use it later or come back to it. So, um, And throughout, I'll be recommending other resources that I've read that are, I found helpful in different areas, not just about dating, but marriage and being a husband or being a wife or whatever it is, singleness. So I'll be making recommendations as we go along. So sound good? All right, let's pray.